Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Welcome back to Growing in Grace. I was reading Psalm 71 uh, this past week, and I was thinking about the author, the psalmist in Psalm 71, must have been growing in grace as he was growing older. This is what he wrote in verse 18. He says, So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. I just want to go on the record as saying that I know some of the best, finest young adults, I think, anywhere. They love the Lord. I watch them serve, and I thank the Lord so much for them. I also am uh, in the orbit of some senior adults who love the Lord and who are so positive in their faith journey as well. And I, I just love it whenever all the multiple generations can learn from one another and get along with each other. I think that's the way God would have it to be. Sometimes I think that those who are growing older, think about, for example, maybe your grandmother or your grandfather, perhaps your mom or your dad, or someone that you know, someone you work with, someone uh, that is in your life, maybe somebody on, um, I don't know, maybe on a, a street where you live or a road. But what I want you to think about is if you're a senior adult, if you've been on the trail for a while, think about what purpose that God has in you, your life, especially this particular time in your life. I was thinking about what would I call this devotion, and I want to call it the assets of aging, because you have seen the faithfulness of God across the years. And I, for one, want you to know we need to hear your story. We need to hear your testimony of how God has been faithful. In verse 22, the psalmist, whether it's David or not, is up in the air. But in Psalm 22, he says, I will also praise you with a harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. You know, Psalm 71 just seems to be a man who is growing in grace as he's growing older. And I just am so blessed as I read through this psalm. And I want to uh, share a few insights. If you were to leave a legacy, what would the legacy be? What are the lessons that you want to give to those who are coming behind you? There's a pastor in Sydney, Australia named John Reed. He led a 75-year-old lady to Christ named Ethel Hatfield. She was so excited about following Jesus. She asked her pastor if she could begin to teach third and fourth grade boys in Sunday school. Well, the pastor was like, 
okay, um, why don't we just pray about this? Well, while they were praying, the very next day, this sweet lady, this 75-year-old lady, Ms. Hatfield, is working out in the yard in the flower garden. A Chinese international student studying in their country goes by, and he just says a word of greeting, and she stops working and begins to have a conversation with this young Chinese student there on the sidewalk. He complimented her on her roses. She felt so encouraged that she actually invited him to uh, join her uh, for a little bit of tea. So she said, you know, I hope you'll come by again sometime and even bring a friend if you like. So the next day, the Chinese student, he did come by. He brought another friend, a Chinese friend. Do you know that that day, Mrs. Hatfield led both of those two young guys to faith in Christ? That's not the end of the story. You won't believe it. Within two weeks, Mrs. Hatfield was leading a Bible study in her home, and 70, 70 Chinese students were attending. She led many of those Chinese students to Christ. You know what happened? God turned her age into her asset among a people that still respected their elders. I thought that was so cool. Well, if you wanted to pass on some of the lessons that you've learned, what could some of those lessons look like? I want to give you just six different ideas of something to consider. Perhaps you could say, okay, I'm not a senior adult. I'm still in my 20s. I'm in my 30s. Well, here's the thing. Why don't you ask your mom, your dad, your grandparents, maybe somebody at your church, ask them to share with you some of the lessons they have learned about God's faithfulness uh, through the years. But let me give you six possible lessons that either you want to share with a younger generation or as a younger generation, you want to learn from an older generation. It's all about God's faithfulness. Let me give you the first lesson. David begins this psalm in verses 1 and 3 and 7 by presenting the faithfulness of God to protect. Lessons about the faithfulness of his protection. Verses 1 through 3. What kind of protection, what kind of refuge is the Lord anyway in a life? Well, here's what he says. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. You know that some people are still dealing with shame and guilt. I think that part of the aging process includes reflection upon a life, perhaps a life well-lived, perhaps a life where there were many mistakes, many choices that were made that were not the best choices. You need not to magnify mistakes. You need to magnify mercy. You see, the Lord is a refuge from shame, but the Lord is also a refuge of salvation. Listen to verse 2. Be in your righteousness, deliver me, rescue me, incline your ear to me, and save me. Have you ever gone to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I just need you to save me. I need you to welcome me into your family, to open your arms for me when I go through those 
the doors of uh, death. I need you to welcome me to heaven. The Lord can do that. He actually is so faithful to give us his protection so that we have a refuge from our shame, so that we have the refuge of salvation, but also so that we can have a refuge for security. Listen to the frequency of the word rock. Be to me a rock, he says. What kind of rock? Well, be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. I've given the committee of life's time zones as he leaves footprints for multiple generations, listening to his story and learning from his wisdom. Here we are in 2022, and we're listening to God's wisdom that the psalmist learned. What kind of lessons did he learn? David's first lesson relates to where he found refuge. We can see in verses 1 and 3 and 7 how David was saying that the Lord was his refuge. The Lord was his protection. But how is the Lord our refuge? Well, I think he is a refuge, for example, from shame. Verse 1 says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. You know, I think that someone who is aging, they have a lot of time to think, and perhaps they're reflecting on their past. It would be possible for them to magnify the mistakes that they had made in their life. But I think a better way would be to magnify mercy and to talk about how God took away their guilt, took away their shame when they turned to him for salvation. Speaking of salvation, I think that's another way that God protects us and he is our refuge. He says that you have given the command to save me. You know, God will provide salvation to us in Christ Jesus. And so, oh, how wonderful it is to know him personally through salvation. There's also the idea in verse 3 of the Lord being our rock, a rock of safety, a rock of refuge. He calls God my rock and my fortress. So what I think he's talking about there is security, stability, safety. You know, if we trust Jesus Christ, then it's not based upon our effort. It's all based upon his righteousness. So the first lesson that I think we could definitely pass along to younger generations would be a lesson about God's faithfulness to provide us with a refuge, provide us with protection and security and safety. Let me go to the second lesson. There's also lessons about the faithfulness of the Lord during our problems. I think verses four through six, psalmist, whether it's David or not, we don't know, but the psalmist crosses three of life's time zones as he leaves footprints for multiple generations listening to his story and learning from his wisdom. For example, in verse four, I think he's saying, I've trusted the Lord with my current problems. And so it says that he trusted him for extraction from the grasp of the wicked, the unjust, the cruel. This was something that this psalmist was going through at that time. It was a current problem. What are you facing at this time? Well, I think that the Lord can rescue us from whatever we're facing. I think also he crossed another time zone and went into the past 
He trusted the Lord with past problems that he faced. He says, from my youth, from before my birth, you are he who took me from my mother's womb. You know, I remember reading, and I think it was 1 Samuel, where he says, thus far, the Lord has helped me. 1 Samuel 7, 12. So David definitely is saying, God watched over me in the past. He's protecting me now in my problems in the current time that I'm in. But I think he also anticipated God's protection and God's blessing, God's assistance, even with future problems. He says in verse 5, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord. Wow. Wasn't it Robert Browning, the poet, that said, The best is yet to be? Man, that's definitely how it is with every believer that puts their faith and trust in Christ. Regardless of what we're going through right now, the best is yet to be. We're going to go and be with him in heaven. And so what a wonderful place it will be. You know, Forbes magazine ran an article back, I think it was like 2020, somewhere back in there, where every nominee at the Oscars that year received a gift bag valued at $225,000. And they weren't even the winner. (laughs) Well, you may think, what would be worth that amount of money uh, inside of a bag? Well, there was like, say, a voucher for a submarine ride. There was another one that was a gift card to a Spanish resort. Another one offered a 12-day cruise on a private yacht. There were chocolates. I knew somebody's going to get excited about the chocolates. I'm a vanilla man myself. But hey, can you imagine receiving a gift bag worth that amount of money, regardless of whether you win or not? Well, listen. As a believer in Jesus Christ, we've got so much more. So whatever problems we're going through right now, we know that we're headed for a destination where there are no problems. Let me give you a third lesson that I think you could pass along in your legacy to give those who are following in your footsteps. Lessons about the faithfulness of God's power. There's an emphasis in this psalm upon what God has done, not just once, not even twice, but across a whole lifetime. I don't know for a fact this was David, like I stated earlier, but if it was David, they say he lived to be 70 years of age. Whoever wrote this psalm, they are definitely an aged believer. They're growing older, but the psalmist was still grateful for the faithfulness of God's power when he was younger. You can definitely see this in verses 5 and 6, where he says, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I've leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. Isn't that amazing that the psalmist was still grateful for God's power uh, in his younger years? But the psalmist was also still hopeful of the faithfulness of God's power, even now that he's older. Especially, you can see this in verse 9. He says, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. You know, he still had hope 
and his hope was in God's help. It's interesting how in verse 7, he describes his own life as being a portent. He said, I have been as a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. I didn't know what that word portent even meant. You know what it means? It means a sign. It means a wonder, a special display of God's power. It makes me wonder. The psalmist was saying, I am like a display of God's power. Would you say that your life is still a display of God's power? I guarantee you, if you just reflect on it, your life has been a display of God's power. But are you communicating that to others that are around you in your life? The psalmist was also joyful over the faithfulness of God's power. Listen to him in verses 23 and 24. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed, and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. Wow. See, the psalmist was so focused on God's faithfulness to use his great power to help him as he went through his whole life. And now he simply records it. He's writing about it, passing it on so that we can learn from his experiences. I think there are other lessons about God's faithfulness. How about including God's faithfulness in your praises? You know, Psalm 71 is so full of praises to God. Some people develop the habit of pouting, pouting all the way through life. Have you ever known any pouters? If it wasn't for Christ, I'd still be pouting about my my problems and all I've gone through. But you know, the Lord changed my song. I'm not pouting through life. I'm praising through life. I think that the psalmist also developed the discipline of praising as he went through life. You know, this psalm reflects a lifetime of growing in the knowledge of God through a close personal relationship. Did you notice the frequency of the second person pronoun? You see, he's not just talking about God. He's talking to God. That's why he often refers to you and your, calling him his Lord, his God, his refuge, his rock, his fortress, his righteousness, his hope, his trust. He's talking about your deeds, God, your acts, God, your faithfulness. No wonder he says, you know what? My praise is continually of you in verse six. He says, my mouth is filled with your praise, with your glory all the day. I love that. His praise was not only personal, it was continual, but his praise was also musical. He says, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation. I will praise you with a harp for your faithfulness. I will sing praises to you. My lips will shout joy when I sing praises to you. I think he just included God's faithfulness, his great acts on his behalf in his songs of praise. Let me give you a fifth thing to consider passing along to those that are in your life. How about telling them how faithful God has been in his perfection? You see, the psalmist was inspired by a cluster of the Lord's attributes that he mentions 
throughout Psalm 71. But there's one attribute that he mentions quite often. He refers to God's righteousness at least five times. Verse 2, verse 15, verse 16, verse 19, and verse 24. It's like he's trying to go on record as saying, everything God has done in my life has been just. No one can fault him. That's a tremendous testimony to pass down to others, especially the longer your life is. Wow. It's interesting, too, that when you think about God's righteousness, it's imputed righteousness. It's not inherent earned righteousness. It's like Abraham in Genesis 15, verse 6, where God looked upon his faith and he said, I'm going to credit you with righteousness. When we come to faith in Christ, you won't believe what happens. Our faith, our righteousness is as filthy rags. I would admit mine is, but you know what? Christ's righteousness, it's perfect. And his righteousness spiritually is transferred to my account. That's incredible. Just by placing my faith and trust in him. Hey, speaking of those who are getting on up there in years, have you ever read anything of a man who lived long ago named Polycarp? Polycarp had lived for Christ for 86 years, and now he's standing in a Colosseum, and they're saying, Polycarp, either you will deny Jesus Christ and worship Caesar, you will be thrown into this Colosseum with the lions. You know what that man said, standing there in Smyrna, now known as Izmir, Turkey? This is what Polycarp said. For 86 years, I have been Christ's slave, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? 86 years, this man's testimony was, Christ has done me no wrong. That is someone who's saying God is faithful in his perfection, in his righteousness. Let me give you one last lesson to think about and to consider passing on to others. Has God been faithful to provide for you? You know, I think that God's faithfulness can also be seen in his provisions. From verse 15 down through verse 20, we see God providing for the psalmist from his resources providing for the psalmist even with his resurrection from the dead. He says, you have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again from the depths of the earth. You will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. This man knew that God was going to provide for him. Even whenever his time came, he knew God was going to provide for him. I learned something this morning. You see, I live in a place called Columbus, Texas. It's not a big place, but you know, there was a man who became a great pastor, the late E.V. Hill. He was one of my favorite pastors uh, earlier in my life, but the late E.V. Hill was a pastor of a mega church in Los Angeles. Maybe you've heard of it, Mount Zion Baptist Church. I think it was one of the largest African-American churches in America at the time. He was also a great friend 
of uh, several U.S. presidents and a partner in ministry with Billy Graham. But here's what I didn't know, and maybe you didn't know. If you're from a small town, I want you to consider this. Evie Hill was born in po- into poverty in Columbus, Texas in 1933. He was uh, sent to be raised by a godly woman that he would later refer to as his mama when Evie Hill was just four years of age. She didn't live in Columbus, Texas, but she lived in Sweet Home, Texas, also a small place. But that that lady that raised Evie Hill from four years of age until his college years said, Evie, I believe God's got special plans for you. I want you to go to college. And so she prayed for him that God would somehow provide a way for him to go to college. He he went to college. He went to Prairie View A&M University. Whenever she put him on the bus, she paid his ticket and she gave him $5. Can you imagine sending off your your son to college with $5 these days? Well, back then she did it. And here's what she told him when she placed the bus ticket and the $5 in his hand. She said, Mama is going to be praying for you. By the time he got to registration day, a few days later after he arrived at college, he only had a dollar and 90 cents in his pocket. He knew that being in the registration line, when he got to the front of the line, he would have to pay $80. He said that when he was standing in the line, he knew he only had a dollar and 90 cents. And he said the devil was speaking to one side of his brain saying, get out of the line. You'll never amount to anything. But on the other side of his brain, he heard another voice. He remembered his mama saying, I'll be praying for you. So right when it came time for him to pay, the girl in front of him, she paid. And now it's his turn. He's only got a dollar and 90 cents in his pocket. He reaches into his pocket to pull out his dollar and 90 cents and a hand touches him on the shoulder. It was Dr. Drew, one of the officials at the university. And the official, Dr. Drew says, have you paid yet? He says, no, sir, I haven't paid. He said, I've been looking for you. We wanted to tell you that you have a four-year scholarship with your room, your board, your tuition paid. And also with it, you'll be given $35 of spending money each month. Evie Hill said, I learned that God would provide if I would stay in the center of his will. I want you to know that the psalmist, whoever wrote Psalm 71, Evie Hill, this lady that uh, was there in Sydney, Australia, named Ethel Hatfield, and so many others, Polycarp and others through the years, they've all learned one lesson. Know this lesson, my friend. God is faithful. God has been faithful to them. God would be faithful to you. Let Psalm 71 sink in. It doesn't matter if you're young, it doesn't matter if you're getting on up there in age. God's got a purpose for you. He's been faithful to you. He's been faithful to you all your life, and He will be faithful to you even in the uh the years that you're beginning to uh, reach reach up there in age. So even to old age, 
and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. You share the message of what God has done, what he's taught you in your life. Let's go to the Father in prayer and we'll close out our time. Lord, thank you so much for uh, how you are faithful. You've been faithful to every generation. I know that you'll be faithful to the younger generation that's coming up. I know that you've been faithful to a, a senior generation that's ahead of mine. Thank you for them. They've been so steady through the years. They have so much wisdom. There's so much that they can pass along to others. I pray that you would do that through their lives. And thank you for the testimony and the witness of uh, women like this Mrs. Hatfield, who at 75 years of age won two Chinese students and then had a home, a whole house full of Chinese students before it was all said and done, many of whom she led to Christ. So Lord, thank you that it's never too late. You're so faithful. You'll use us as we go through our lives. Bless my friends at Growing in Grace. Give them a great week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.